0: Support for OPB comes from our members and from our sponsors, like Mike Rosenberg from Columbia Credit Union. Mike says they trust what they see and hear on OPB, and that aligns with Columbia Credit Union's brand.
1: From the Gerd Boyle studio at OPB, this is Think Out Loud. I'm Dave Miller. In 2020, Portland voters approved a ballot measure to completely overhaul police oversight in the city. It was an overwhelming win. 82% of voters approved the measure. In the years since, volunteer members uh, members of the Police Accountability Commission have been meeting to recommend the nitty-gritty details of how the new system should work. They presented their findings in a 100-page report to the city council earlier this summer. The council will vote tomorrow on a heavily modified version of those recommendations. The system will eventually have to be approved by the federal Department of Justice. Dan Handelman is a longtime police accountability activist and one of the members of the Volunteer Commission. He joins us now. Welcome back to the show.
0: Thank you very much, Dave.
1: So let's start with how we got here. As I mentioned, in 2020, Portland voters overwhelmingly said, we're going to change the way police oversight works. What were the main provisions, um, sort of the, the skeleton of the system that voters approved?
0: Right. The basic idea is that there would be a civilian-run oversight board where the community members who are part of that board hire the director of the office that's going to have the investigators and do the you know, the day-to-day work of making sure that uh, complaints are investigated. And then those community members would be making the decisions about whether the officers were in or out of policy and then imposing discipline where it was appropriate
1: how is what you've just described different from the status quo with independent police review and a citizens review committee? That what, what the sort of the alphabet soup that we've had for a couple years, for a number of years?
0: Yeah, well, the independent police review is an office that takes in complaints and they only investigate about 10% of the complaints that get investigated. The rest of them are investigated by internal affairs. So one of the big changes is that the idea is to have community, you know, community or non-police investigators um, running the investigation, so that people don't find out that a police officer is investigating a complaint against other police officers. Uh, the other thing that's really huge is what I said a minute ago—that the community members on the board get to hire the director, and then they get to hold that director accountable and fire them if they want to, and then hire another one. Uh, right now, the community-run citizen review committee is underneath the auspices of the Independent Police Review, and they have very limited authority. Basically, all they do is they hear appeals of police misconduct and not making the final decision about whether the officer should be punished or not. That's still left up to the chief of police and the police commissioner in the current system.
1: What about what kinds of cases would even get to... The this this new system, as opposed to the current independent police review. My understanding is that right now, say if an officer kills someone, um, the, you know the most high-profile kinds of cases that wouldn't even go to the independent police review. First, am I right about that? First of all,
0: yes, that's that is correct, and that's both both because of the way the system was designed and because that's part of the contract with the Portland Police Association. But the In 2010, they added the ability for the IPR director or designee to run out to the the scene of where the shooting incident happened and uh, watch the investigation going on to make sure that it's going appropriately, and they can look over the shoulder of the internal affairs people as they interview the officers so they can uh, monitor the investigation, but they're not allowed to investigate it.
1: Would that be different? Will that be different under the new system?
0: The... Carter says that one of the main things that this board is going to investigate are shootings and deaths in custody and also uh, any kind of bias against a uh, community member based on their protected class uh, and any, any other kind of constitutional violations. And then I should add, Dave, that it says, and uh, anything else that board deems uh, appropriate or is written in city code? Um, so I guess well, I, I want to come back to that point when we're talking more about the new proposal.
1: Well, but just I mean, this is a good time, though, to just so for us to all have a good understanding about the power that the police union, the Portland Police Association has going forward in terms of the of of how the system will work. Do they have any vote? Um, or, or ability to, to say, no, we are not going to accept this kind of, of citizen oversight.
0: Well, allegedly, they can't say no to the new system because of a law that the Portland had passed through the legislature shortly after the ballot measure was passed that said they can't negotiate about whether or not there's going to be an oversight system. But still, their rights remain to negotiate their working conditions, which includes who's going to investigate, how it's going to get investigated, and how discipline's imposed. So there are parts of the charter and the proposal from the Police Accountability Commission that they will probably insist on bargaining on, and that's written into the charter that it, that has to be uh, negotiated. And what the City Council is voting on this Wednesday at two o'clock, technically, is giving the city attorney authority to negotiate with the police association and their um, sister organization, the Portland Police Commanding Officers Association, that the community doesn't talk about a lot, but that's the lieutenants, um, and uh, and the Department of Justice. Uh, and the Department of Justice fits into this because they ordered the city to take the ballot measure, institute the changes, and then change the 2012 U.S. Department of Justice settlement agreement to match whatever the new oversight system is going to do. And so that's that's the main impetus why why the city council rushed this uh, onto their agenda the week before Thanksgiving is that they had 60 days from the time the PAC gave their recommendations until they have to give the DOJ what that what those changes will look like.
1: So let's turn to some of the the major differences between what the commission that you were a part of put forward and what is actually going to be voted on tomorrow, starting with the system for selecting members of the new commission. What did you put forward and and where does it stand right now in terms of what city council is considering?
0: Uh, so I'm going to just start by uh, giving a little background that there were 20 members of the commission. We all came from very different backgrounds and life experiences, and we unanimously uh, approved our proposal by consensus uh, to put forward to the city. Um, The main concern we heard back from some people on city council is that we put too much detail into the code that doesn't really belong in there and that we should really let the new board decide these things. So we left a kind of an, an opening where it said the new board may appoint a nominating committee for the new members of the board as they move forward they we set up a plan for the first set of nominees in what's called our transition plan but that you know going forward that they would set up a nominating committee and they can be they could work on those details the city rewrote that section and inserted that uh, on the nominating committee will be a nominee from the chief of police a representative of the portland police association and a representative of the Portland police commanding officers association
1: What's wrong with that, from your perspective?
0: Well, I mean, this is a board that's supposed to be independent. That's one of the things that's underscored in the charter. That was underscored. I mean, the charter, when I say the charter, that's the result of that ballot measure that was voted in by 82% of the voting public, right? So it says it's going to be independent and will not be interfered with by any other city agency. Well, the Portland Police Bureau is a city agency, for one thing, uh, and that these board members are going to be judging police officers on whether or not they violated policy. And having people who are essentially representing the officers who are being investigated presents a conflict of interest, I think. And it just definitely goes against the spirit, if not the letter, of what the voters wanted.
1: Another provision you included was a position known as a complaint navigator. What is that? What was your plan?
0: Well, you know, we did a lot of research to put together our packet, David, and we did not find anywhere else in the country where they have this. In the current system, when you get all the way through filing your complaint, having it investigated, and then an outcome is presented to you where it says that the officer was not out of policy, you can appeal. And at that point, you're offered a uh, appeals process advisor, somebody to help you figure out how to file your appeal, tell you what the system's going to work like and how it, how it's going to go when you sit in front of the citizen review committee. But we realized that one of the things that would make it a better, more community-friendly system is to put uh, such a person in place right at the beginning. So that when you call into the office, you're talking to the complaint navigator instead of uh, just a, an investigator who's going to jump right in and start asking you questions about what your complaint is. And the city rewrote that part to say that complaint navigators will be assigned no later than when the board staff decides to conduct a full investigation. And if you've ever gone through any kind of bureaucracy, but especially something like this when you've been, you have been you believe you've been harmed by police and um, you have to wait and you have to enter that system and give your initial statement without somebody helping you and telling you how to do it, it they're, they're just going to lose a lot of people by not inciting that complaint navigator earlier than that.
1: I just want to remind folks, if you're just tuning in, we're talking right now with Dan Handelman, co-founding member of Peace and Justice Works and its police accountability project, um, Portland Cop Watch. He was also a member of the city's Police Accountability Commission. It's a group of volunteers that worked for about two years to come up with the details for how the new voter-approved system of police oversight will work in Portland. Another change, as I understand it, between what you're the commission you're a part of, what you put forward and what city council is considering now has to do with how appeals would work. What did you put forward and what are commissioners voting on?
0: So, again, I'm going to – I'm going to give you – I'm sorry about that noise. Um, I'm going to give you a little background of how we got to where we are in the City of Portland. But initially, there was no oversight system for the police. And in the early 1980s, there was a ballot measure and they voted – to put a, a police oversight system in place that was technically city council. It was called the Portland Internal Investigations Auditing Committee. All they did was they heard appeals from people who didn't like the outcome of their investigation. Then, when the Independent Police Review was created in uh, 2001, the Citizen Review Committee, the, all they were doing is hearing appeals about people who didn't like the outcomes of their um, investigations. Uh, and you were talking before about the alphabet soup. so. Right now, we have this really complicated system. It's not worth trying to explain in the time we have, but it includes the Citizen Review Committee, the Independent Police Review, Internal Affairs, a police review board that's inside the police bureau. And you know, when you're a community member, you just want to go through one system. So we put everything under under this new board, that the intake's done there, the investigation is done there, and then there'll there be the ability after the, after the board has a hearing to decide whether or not the officer violated policy to have an appeal, which is... 40 years of history here in the city of Portland that that's a right established for people filing complaints. We also added in that if the body of the board, the staff, uh, or the board itself dismisses your complaint early on, that you could appeal that. So there's two kinds of appeals at least. And the city cut out the appeal after the findings are made. Something that's been in place for 40 years. There's actually no mention of it anymore. It's uh, 40, 40 years of uh, of, as I say, precedent just thrown out the window.
1: What's your explanation for all of these changes? And there are more changes, which we don't have time to get into now, but we've gone over some of them, some of the more high-profile ones, I think some of the ones that you think are, are more most significant. But how do you explain this uh, p- politically? Uh, what do you think happened?
0: Well, I'm glad you brought up the word political. The The, the known author of this document that we're looking at on Wednesday, is the city attorney's office. And as I said, technically, is a resolution going out to city council on Wednesday, giving them the authority to fix that city code proposal and negotiate with the DOJ and the PPA, the Portland Police Association, um, without coming back to city council. They're trying to authorize it so that unelected city attorney can do what they want. And I think that some of what happened here. Is that the city attorney's office cleaned out a lot of things we wrote into our proposal and there's not going to be a full discussion by the City Council they asked for a 30-day period after Wednesday's hearing for people to write in their comments but didn't put in that the city attorney has to come back to City Council to vote on it so it's very political and it's very uh, unrepresentative because we, the public, will be able to say whatever we want and the city attorney can write whatever they want.
1: In the biggest picture, so the, the widest view here, I'm curious how you will decide for yourself that whatever the, the, the details of the new system, when it's finally up and running, how will you decide that it's a good system or not? How will you decide that it's working?
0: Regardless of what happens with the the code that they're
1: no I, obviously this is I mean all the, the the aspects of the of the ultimate system are they're they're still we don't know what they're going to be uh, so I I don't mean I, I'm but I'm I'm just trying to think about the biggest picture here if a complaint is made it's investigated someone is disciplined or not I, I'm just curious. What your metric for for a good system of police oversight stripped down what it what it looks like and what it means in practice.
0: Huh. Well I think the basic issue is whether or not the community trusts it. And I know there are a lot of people out there who are concerned right now that the police have a lot on their hands. And I, none of us on the on the commission deny that and nobody at Port of Cop denies that the police have a lot on their hands right now. Um, but that doesn't give them free reign to act outside of their policies uh, without any scrutiny. And if you have a system like the one we already have, where either there's police involvement on any level, really, um, other than other than advising the board, this is what our policies are. And so that when they're making their decisions, they're making decisions based on what the police are supposed to do. And people are going to be skeptical of it. And the people who need it most, those people who have been harmed by the police or the survivors of people who have been shot and killed, um, aren't going to even want to file complaints. So I think that's the main thing to look for, is there's actually, I think they believe, I believe they left in the code a satisfaction survey, whether or not the people who use the system trust it and whether or not people are actually going to use it and whether there's going to be outcomes that show that these investigations are taking misconduct seriously.
1: Dan Handelman, thank you very much for your time. I appreciate it.
0: Thank you, Dave.
1: Dan Handelman is uh, one of the members of the city's Police Accountability Commission. Tomorrow, the city council is going to be voting on a resolution to move forward um, to let the city attorney bargain on the details of the new system of police oversight with both the police union, the Portland uh, Police Association, as well, eventually, as the Federal Department of Justice.